to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. because this is really the why behind the what of Alpha. And, um, you know, church, as we're talking about church on mission, what we're really talking about is sharing God's story with other people. Uh, it is not a, a recruiting effort for the church. It's not about getting someone in like your spiritual downline or something like that. It's about just sharing God's story with other people. And so I know maybe some of us today are on that journey of faith. Maybe you're just exploring what it means to, to follow Jesus. I, I, I want to give you this good news, what the Bible calls good news, is that God has a, a plan, a purpose bigger than just my daily life bigger than just existing through life, that we are a part of a great, great story. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, part of what that means is that we are to share that story with other people. And uh, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that today there's an invitation to be a part of a story much bigger than yourself. And so that's really the heart behind church on mission. And today we get to hear from uh, one of my favorite preachers, teachers, artists, just all around people in the whole world. An amazing, amazing guy. Some of you know Scott Howe, no stranger to us. If you don't know Scott, uh, Scott leads Evoke, which is a collective of artists here in the Orlando area that just uses uh, the mediums of art to tell God's story uh, all across our city and around the world. He just flew in yesterday from Columbia, hot off the plane, bringing that Latin heat today. So would you put your hands together and welcome Scott Howe this morning as he comes to encourage us. Yes, it was going good till he said, bringing the Latin heat. And I got a little lost on that. Yeah, I'm straight off the plane, but not fresh off the plane. We flew in yesterday, um, had a 6 a.m. flight. Yeah, I had to be there at 4, got up at about 3.30, went to bed about 1.30, so had a couple hours sleep. Um, yeah, and then arrived to Orlando to a situation. Did you guys hear about that yesterday? Somebody, uh, we were stuck there for like an hour. Somebody committed suicide in the, in the Orlando airport yesterday, jumped from the third balcony, a TSA worker. Um, it was kind of crazy. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure that somehow will fit in today's message somehow. But it's just a reminder of, man, the hopelessness that's out there, you know, really. I think it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just on my mind this morning. Um, Right, but it's, it's Sunday. Today's a big day, right? Today's a big day for some of you guys, right? Yeah, sure. It's Mozambican Heroes Day. You guys know that, right? I don't know you guys are thinking about that. How many of you watch football? Yeah? All right. The rest of you don't. Um, yeah, I was just in Colombia for uh, five cities, ten days. Um, me and Revel, actually, this is, this is Revel's art. Did you guys see him paint this this morning here? He paints so fast, right? It's awesome. He's going to come share about it a little bit in a little bit. Um, but he paints so fast. He can paint these things in like four or five minutes. It's like you can just be lost in worship, and then you, you open your eyes, and there's like a finished painting on the stage. He's amazing. He's going to share a little bit. Um, but I want to get right to it. 
I don't know why. I just want to get right to it. Is that okay? Um, no, I love this. I love this message. I love the, the church on mission. I kind of feel like that's been, that's been my life because I was, I was on the other end of the mission at one point, very much so. You guys know my story, some of you. I was an atheist until I was 25, and I was out there running around doing my thing. And, and I thank God for, for, for the love of God shed in the, in the hearts of many people that came to me and reached out to me and grabbed a hold of me and who didn't stop. There's still, there's still a handful of people, 10 or 12 people out there who preach to me that I flipped off and cursed them out that don't know that I got saved and I gave my life to Jesus and I travel and preach. They don't even know. And I'm sure there's many in your life you've spoken to that you have no idea the impact your words had, you know, because we don't get to see the end result every time. But how many of you were on that end of the mission at one point and Jesus came after you and searched you out? Yeah, some of you. That's the way it is. And so you know firsthand the mission. And I think for me, all these years walking with the Lord, I feel like I, I, I have to keep this in the forefront of my mind. The, the passion of Christ for his people, for a generation, uh, has to be in the forefront of our minds. Do you know what I mean? Um, this is the point. And so I love this, this, uh, this topic, and I'll, I'll try to keep it tight because uh, I can preach a lot on it. Um, I once, somebody invited me to a lock-in one time. It was like 24 hours, right? It was two days, actually, Friday night till Sunday morning, the lock-in. And I came in on a Saturday, and he's like, just share your heart. We're here all day. We don't know what to do. We're watching Passion of the Christ. We're watching movies. We're praying. We're interceding. We're fasting, and then we're sleeping. And then just, and I shared for four and a half hours straight on the gospel. <laughs> I just kept looking at him. He's like, and I just kept going. I pulled out every four and a half. That was the longest message I ever preached. I don't even know if it was a message. It was just a whole bunch. Just everything I can think of, it just poured out of my heart. So, yes, we're not doing that today. Um, but the church on mission, I think, I think probably a better way to say this is like the church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. Right? We're not inventing things. Justin's like, what should we do as a church? Should we... You know, what should we do? No, there, there's, there's a mission. God has a mission. And when you come into Christ, you become an ambassador of that mission, right? It's like, and it's not only just signing up. Somehow it gets in your heart, doesn't it? Somehow the, the love you've received is easy to give away. Somehow, as the Bible says, the comfort you've received, now you can comfort others, right? There's a, there's a passion and compassion that comes alive inside of us um, when we come to him, Right? And we are automatically a part of this, right? If you don't know it, read 2 Corinthians 5. You're a part of it. You, you've enlisted willingly or unwillingly, right? Um, he, has, he, has, he has redeemed you, right? He has uh, uh, shed new life uh, alive in your life. And then he, he has, you have been reconciled to him. And now he has given you the, the message and the mission of reconciliation, whether you know it or not, that's, that's the deal. And um, Jesus, from the beginning, makes this very clear, what he's here for, right? Um, from the very beginning, he says, I'm here to reveal the Father, right? And in Luke 19, you can see Jesus there talking to Zacchaeus, talks to Zacchaeus, and in a moment, Zacchaeus' heart has changed. And he says this, uh, Luke 19, 9, 10, he says, Today salvation has come to this house because this man is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. 
Right? He just lays it out from the beginning. This is, this is what it's about. He gathers the disciples and says, let's go. Let me show you what this is about. Right? They didn't take three years to go sit in the synagogue and learn doctrine. He grabbed a hold of them and said, let's go because you're on mission. Right? When he called Peter before he was even saved or knew anything. Remember in the boat and he tells him to throw the net and catch the fish? He's like, come with me and I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. From the beginning, Jesus is like, there's a mission here. The world is not the way God intended, and he has a mission to see it transformed, to see it turned upside down again, that it comes right, that his kingdom will come and be established on the earth as it is in heaven. This is what he's about. This is what the church is about. Look at our city. Beautiful. The city, beautiful. Wonderful. It is. But there's so much that is ungodly, that is in distress, that is in dark, that needs, where the kingdom needs to be, needs to come and light needs to shine. And that's us. That's where we come in, right? Um, John 3.16. Come on. You all know it. For God so loved the world, he gave his son, that whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is, there is a salvation mission here that Jesus is on, that we are on, that we are recipients of. Yeah, and then we are now ambassadors of, right? People need salvation. Yeah, let's say it together. People need salvation. Let's say it together. People need salvation. Do you believe that? I mean, do you really believe it? It's, it's, it's one of those, well, this, this whole thing is like a tough thing to fit into your brain, right? It's like this whole thing that's going on, this whole realm uh, of, of the invisible, who God is, um, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, him sending his son to redeem humanity and, and, and living eternally. It's, it's such a, it's just not a, a concept that's hard to, to fit in your brain, right? And, but it's something about meditating on the simplicity of this, that humanity needs salvation. That needs to be something that echoes in our heart that we live with. You know what I mean? Because here's, this, is, this is the state of the situation, for real. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, right? John 3, 16, 17, 18. But to save the world through him, that whoever believes would not be condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the son of God. And we have to live with this reality that those who don't receive the Son don't see the Father, and those stand condemned already. Do you know what that means? That means that what the Bible teaches us is that men and women are born into sin. They are born into death. They are condemned, and they are dead in their transgressions. That's the current status of our world. And I think we need to take time to, to continually continually meditate on this. Man, the world is living in darkness. Inviting people to Alpha who, who are dead in their transgressions and sins should not be a, a, an intimidating thing. It should be a, a compassion that drives us. If you really believe that those who don't know the living Christ and who don't know the Father are dead and are are in their sins, stewing in darkness and death, how can we not be a people that want to throw out a lifeline? 
And I know it's not easy. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. It, it, for me, it takes continual, continual meditation. I'm putting this in front of me. The world needs salvation. Christ is a savior because men need a savior. If there was any other way than to send Christ to die, then God is a wicked, cruel father. Because who would punish his son and beat him and whip him and torment him? And why would disciples give their life if this was not of utmost importance? Men and women are in darkness. And sometimes we see them and they look full of light. They look full of joy. They look like their, their life is fine and everything's going on. And it's like, man, how do I talk to someone about that? But this is the reality. The reality is they are dead in their transgressions and their sins. And they don't know what life is until they get a breath, a fresh breath of heaven. Do you know what I mean? And we have to have that. We can't be moved by what we see. We have to look to the, the heart of every single person we work with and we see and say, man, God's heart bleeds and burns for that person to know him. He longs to hold them and love them and pour his presence over. They need the healing oil of God in their heart, whether they show it outwardly or not. And we have to fight to stay in that place, right? Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says, You were dead in the trespass, your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. The current status of the world is that it is controlled by darkness. It is under the sway or the influence of the evil one. And men don't stand a chance. Unless the Savior comes to them, right? That's the only hope. And so when we talk about this, the mission, we're not talking about, man, that guy needs Jesus because he's going through a hard time or his, his, with his relationship or his wife or he lost his job. Yeah, those are all bad things. But the reality is we're not adding Jesus to someone's life so it'll be a little better. And they are dead in their transgressions and sins and eternal separation from God awaits them. You know, it's, we have to, either we look at the whole weight of the situation or we're just playing games with it. And nobody has time for that because people need real answers. They don't need a religious talk or a few little, hey, I have friends at church, awesome. Now, you may approach it that way, but in our hearts and our minds, we need to, to have the end in mind. I'm not saying to stand up at your workplace and tell everyone that it's internal damnation and it's all, you know, that won't go very far. But when you live with that internally in you, internally you live with that unction so that the idea of taking somebody out from your workplace for lunch and sharing a little, a little bit about your life and inviting them to Alpha is a small, small sacrifice compared to what you're living with, the weight of a generation who was lost and sliding off the map. Do you know what I mean? And it's hard to carry that, but I believe that the Lord has called us to carry that, to carry the weight of, of, of the state of our generation. Because it's in that that missionaries give their life. It's in that that the sacrifices that you're called to make for the gospel and living for Christ, it's in light of that that makes it very this momentary light affliction. Otherwise, it seems like a huge sacrifice, you know? Yeah. So, Proverbs 24, 11 says, rescue those being led away to death 
and hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Right? Matthew 4.19 says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Oswald Smith said it this way. He said, to realize and know that souls so precious, never dying souls are perishing all around us, going into the blackness and darkness and despair, eternally lost. And yet to feel no anguish, to shed no tears, to have no travail, how cold our hearts must be. How little do we know of the compassion of Jesus? Yet God can give us this. And so first we have to realize the state and the weight of the affairs as they are, as the Bible lays them out. Second, from that revelation, it's very easy to cry out and say, God, I don't see like you see. I don't feel like you feel. I don't have this burden. I need it by your spirit. And this cycle of seeing it by faith, seeing your, your emptiness on the situation and calling out for power and him filling you supernaturally by the spirit and you going this is the cycle. This is just inflow and outflow. It, it happened in salvation. You saw the state of yourself and you gave your life to Jesus and he came in power. And it continues. We never change, right? The, the warning in Galatians is that don't, don't, don't change the things you started by the spirit into just, just things of the flesh. It's, a, it's the same thing. The way we move forward by faith is, Lord, I, I see this. You're calling me to this, and I can't do it, and I need you. And he empowers us, and you overcome it from faith to faith. Glory to glory, right? This is the way that it works. So it, we have to recognize it, and we have to see our need for his love for a generation, yeah? Uh, and that we don't want to live without it. Because I guarantee you that when this comes, as, as compassion comes, and we all feel it, right, from time to time, you never feel more alive than you, when you feel compassion or love for someone and you do something to serve them and, and, and the fruit of that that comes out of that, it's, 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 it's invigorating, you know? It's therapeutic to be a Christian that lives like that, yeah? Um, I'm going to ask Revel to come and share a few testimonies here. Um, and uh, really... I think what, I, lo I love watching Rebel's life. You can come up, bro. Um, and I think what, what, one of the exhortations that I really want to, to share this morning is this, that knowing that people need the life of God um, and setting your mind on that changes how we live from day to day. Okay, it's one thing to be called, say, I feel like I'm going to go to Japan as a missionary. Awesome. Good. Maybe God will tell you that. We'll pray for you. You'll go, and it'll be awesome. But we all live day to day. And knowing you're on mission every single day uh, is really uh, the point that I think Jesus is making. As you go, bring the kingdom. Share the gospel. Love. Even when we were in Columbia this time, um, we were at a restaurant, a coffee house. And we were sitting there just meeting with some friends. We were planning for our trips. And one of the guys with me, Antonio, some of you guys know him. He's painted here before. He's like, man, I think I have a word for this girl. He calls her over. She's a waitress there. Begins to tell her, look at, I just, I feel God's heart for you. Can I just tell you something? And he begins to tell her, look at, I just feel like God wants to give you rest. He says, just slow down and rest. And, and he wants to give you peace. And she immediately starts to cry. That's it. Be, and and she, after she wipes the snot and stuff away, she's like, you're the second person this week that's told me that. And she considers herself a spiritual person but not a Christian, and she's a single mom with kids, and she feels overwhelmed. And then he begins to tell her, well, I feel like God put a dream in you. And then she begins to cry again, and she cleans up again. And yeah, I want to start a, a restaurant, a coffee house like this of my own. 
And then we begin to pray for her and, and, and exhort her to come back, you know, to the Lord. And it was just, but we were busy with our conversation. But taking a moment to see someone, have you ever seen someone in a place or a room and like your heart connects, like there's, there's, a, there's a resonance or a compassion for that person or you're just drawn to that person? Guys, I mean drawn a different way, like drawn like, in a, not drawn, drawn, but drawn into, by the spirit to, or you're just something about it. And that's really all that he had. But taking time to look and, and take note of that. God is speaking all the time and taking a moment to, to, to share those things. Uh, with someone can change them in a moment at work or wherever you are. We were in another meeting just uh, two nights ago, and one of the guys introduced his sister, and she just came just with her mom to be. We were at a meeting in the house. Um, but while we were there, I felt from the Lord compassion for her and his love for her. And I was like, man. And, and it's, just, it's just recognizing that when it comes. And I walked over to her with an interpreter because my Spanish is not no bueno. So I walked over, and with an interpreter, and I said, it's, it's, you know, it can be weird at first, but I just said, look, I, I just feel God's heart for you. Can I share something with you? Sure. And I tell her, I just feel that the Lord is, is close and to tell you that you can trust him, and he's not a man that he would lie. And you can open your heart and, and let his healing oil come in your heart. And she just began sobbing and sobbing, and we prayed a bunch of other things. Well, I found out the next day that this girl was in a relationship for 10 years and her boyfriend had they'd been engaged for one year, and then in a moment, he just called it off and left her altogether. And she, that was just, like, months old, and she was, like, dealing with this. And for her to know, and afterwards she told this guy that I had no idea God knew my situation and was so close. And for her to know that, and I didn't know what I was going to say when I walked over there. Just, I just feel God's heart for you. Can I tell you? And then, okay, God, you better, you better tell me something here. And as I begin to pray, and it's just that simple, that as we go, no matter what we're doing, uh, he is there because he is passionately pursuing people. And I want to revel to share a little bit because he's a full-time painter. Um, he's an amazing artist. Um, I used to say he's up and coming, but I think he's, he's came. I don't know what that means. He's, he's here. Um, no, but he's an amazing talent, amazing art, and he, he, his, his paintings take him to different cities, different places, traveling around and doing gallery shows, live stuff for corporations, whatever it is. And I just wanted to share two or three testimonies just about how in the art world, in his workplace, if you will, and in that sphere, a couple testimonies that he's experienced, you know. And, and just get from that the, imagine, because he doesn't have time to share it all, Imagine the scenarios he's in. It's very much like your work where you just feel like this is just the grind. Everything is the grind. But it's not the grind because he is there ready to, to breathe, you know. Rebel. All right. How's it going, guys? Good morning. Um, yeah, so did you guys enjoy this painting over here? Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I painted this about a year ago. I had an art gallery exhibition opportunity that was presented to me. And um, my life was a lot like this painting. It didn't make any sense at the beginning at all. I'm sure you guys were wondering, like, what the heck is this guy doing? Like, it makes no sense what he's painting whatsoever. And that was my life. And when Jesus came into my life, I had to tell the world what took place somehow. He changed my life. He absolutely flipped it over filled it with love, purpose, direction, everything I was looking for and more. I found it in him. And I had to tell the world. And, you know, I'm not the wittiest guy. So for me, it was so hard to, to present that gospel message to people. 
Um, everywhere I would go, I would want to tell people, Jesus took away my depression. Jesus healed my, my wounds, my anxiety, my, my fears. Like, I remember being at Publix, and, like, the cashier, I wanted to tell her so bad about Jesus, what happened to me. And I remember her asking me, did you find everything you were looking for? And at that moment, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I kept thinking about what can I say, what can I say to present Jesus. Rings me up. She's ringing me up. I'm not saying anything. And by the time I pay, I'm already walking out the door, and it hit me. I should have been like, when she asked me if I was looking, if I found everything I was looking for, I should have said, I know it's cheesy, but I should have said Jesus. I should have said something. And it's like, I always, I'm not the wittiest, the smartest person when it comes to that stuff. But God's given us gifts and talents. Every person in this room has a creative ability because we're made in the likeness and image of our creator. And he is creator. All creativity comes from him. And, and my gift was art. That was my talent and that was my gift. And I started to paint and paint and paint and try to portray what had taken place in my life and put it on social media, put it out there so the world can see it. So I was at this this event, and I started to paint, and I had this opportunity, and God put on my heart to do this. And what it represents essentially was what God placed on my heart was we're all broken. We're all, at one point, like Scott was saying, dead in our transgression. I was dead in my transgression. And I wanted to show that in a way that I was able to present the gospel. So I had, I was praying to God, God, what can I paint? And God showed me, I had a vision of a child, and he was covered in gray mud, and he was dirty, but he had a gold crown on his head. So that was what I painted at this gallery, and I was, it's really out of my comfort zone to present or to paint in front of anybody, but God spoke to me. He's like, I haven't called you out of your comfort zone. See, it's in your discomfort that I've called you. That's where I can use you, because when you step out and trust God, it's not you doing your own strength, but he's working through you, and there's such a and I felt such a burden, such a, such a need to, to share that message. And I spoke and I presented this painting and I said, somebody here was mistreated as a child. Somebody here suffered as a child. But Jesus was always there with you. Every step of the way, everything that was ever done to you, God, was there with you. Because you're royalty, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Imagine if that TSA worker that, that killed himself knew that hours before that he, he decided to take his life. Imagine if you knew how worthy he was. Imagine if you knew the purpose that God had for his life, that he loves him, that he so much that he died for him, that he took his place on the cross. So I wanted to share some, a couple other uh, images here with you guys. Just a moment. Um, I don't know if we could put up a couple. All right, here's another one. So this is one that I painted. Uh, it's called Covered by Grace. So I tried to... Um, incorporate Jesus in everything I do, like every piece, somehow I try to incorporate the gospel, because that's the, that's the end goal for me, is I'm just a vessel. My art to me is just a vessel. My creative ability is just a vessel to present the idea of salvation. So in this specific piece, uh, it's called Covered by Grace. Uh, it's essentially, uh, that's the blood of Jesus kind of falling over her face there, and there's like the, the doves represent peace and the Holy Spirit. So when you see that, you don't, you don't really, it just looks cool, right? So it's, all it is, it's a vessel to share that message. That's all it is to me. So I was at this, um, this, ga this gallery, and um, this lady comes up, and she was just, like, staring at the painting and, um, for, like, 10 minutes. And I'm there talking to somebody else, 
And I turned to her, and I was like, uh, so what do you think? And she turns around, and she's like just tears flowing down her face. And instantly, I knew that God was touching her. You know, she didn't, she didn't know. She's like, I asked her, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? She was like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea why I'm feeling this way. And immediately, the opportunity presented itself. Immediately, that urgency. And I told her, this is, this is God. The Holy Spirit is touching you right now. And I told her what the painting meant and about Jesus and about salvation. And she just broke down. We prayed. So that was an example. I don't know if we could go to the next one. Yeah, that's, okay, so, yeah, that's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, my favorite TV show. Uh, has nothing to do with Jesus. Uh, but I love, uh, I just love the show, you know, like, it's my, growing up was my favorite TV show. And um, so I had another, well, we could go back, we could go back, don't worry. Yeah, he could, we, we all love Pre Fresh Prince, right? Come on, let's be honest. All right, so uh, I, I did this painting uh, just because of that reason, and um, I had another gallery event, and um, I was like, so they kept asking me about it. Like, I had so many people inquiring about the painting, which still hasn't sold, by the way, if anybody wants to buy it. But uh, a lot of people were asking me, like, what does this mean? Like, I love that show. I really love the painting. And I was like, how can I tie in Jesus? I have to. Like, I have to tell people about God somehow. So at that moment, it hit me. My life was turned upside down. Like, in the beginning of the song, and I was like, yeah, you know, the reason I did this painting was because my life was flipped upside down. Let me tell you about why that happened. Let me tell you about Jesus. So there's always opportunity to present the gospel with our guests. Uh, we don't know if we go to the next one. Uh, yeah, we can, we can go to the blue one. Yeah, yeah, let's go to the next one. I think there should be one more. No. Next one, let's go to the next one there. Okay, yeah, this one. So, yeah, this one... Um, I love to go to dark places. I love going to, like, hookah lounges, like, bars. This is a tattoo slash to paint. Yeah. Hey, let's clarify. Let's clarify that. I love Jesus. I was going there to paint only. Um, and, yeah, so I went and um, God put on my heart to paint this. And this, this is actually paint on boxes because when I first started painting, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I just had to paint on something. So I went to Home Depot. And I bought some black boxes. I mean, some cardboard boxes, and I painted them black. And I taped it into this huge, giant, like, thing. So it's, like, all wonky and taped together. It's horrible. But that was my canvas. But, you know, God's glorified in the mundane, right? I mean, Samson defeated, like, I don't know how many Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. You know, David took down Goliath with a little, little tiny pebble. It's the little things that we have that in our hands that God can use to advance his kingdom. So I painted this, flipped it upside down, because I, I, I painted upside down, and um, I decided to share a little bit about Jesus through the painting that, um, similar to this one, I felt led to, to tell somebody in the room that God is after them, that he's got a plan and a purpose that before you were born, he knew your name, right? And um, so I was sharing all that, the gospel at a hookah lounge. I mean, like, a, there's a tattoo place in the back, people smoking hookah, there's a bar, and the atmosphere completely changed. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, the music stopped playing, got a little awkward. But it was awesome because I felt the Holy Spirit. And people were actually like, wow, like, this God is after me, even in this horrible, terrible place. Because the light shines brightest in the darkness. 
And we're called to be a light in the darkness. And uh, so afterwards, this, this girl approached me, and she was shaking. Like she had a drink in her hand. She was crying. And um, she, she said she, she was in the back praying. I'm like, praying? Really? She was like, yeah, uh, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's kid, and um, I've been running for a long time. And she was part, she's like with a, she's a part of a band or something. They travel all over the world. But her dad's a big pastor, like in Thailand or something like that. And she said that God was speaking to her the whole time, like, what are you doing here? Like, I'm, and I was able to remind her, like, God's after you. No matter where you are in life, you're the prodigal son. He's always waiting with his arms wide open, waiting for you to come to him. And there's so many lost and broken people out there that are just waiting to hear a message of hope, of salvation, something that's going to turn their life upside down. So thank you so much for having me. I'm going to pass it back to Scott here. Do you want to stand here and we'll pray? Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to pray. Awesome. So good, right? And I think, man, it looks that way for all of us. Wherever you are, whatever you do, it's not about joining foreign missions necessarily. It's not about taking a blow or megaphone to the corner and shouting, although if you want to, just make sure that it's in love and theologically sound. But it's not always that. It's wherever you are, whatever you have, whatever you're doing, right? Um, yeah, we just want to pray because I think that, yeah, let's just close our eyes even now, can we? Let's just do that. We just want to take a few minutes to kind of pray out here. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I really felt that what the Lord really want to impart today is, one, we need to keep the urgency of the situation in front of our eyes. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can do that. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he can help us to keep the urgency and the reality of what's really going on here in the forefront of our heart and our mind, and wherever we are. Mama's at home with kids. Man, we got four kids at home. You know, you got people you can email, text, or even call and just exhort other moms in the neighborhood. Wherever it is, friends, there's always, as God moves on in your heart, think about it. Take time to think not just about you and what you can get. Let's just not use our faith to see how far we can go in Christ, but for the sake of others, those who can't fight for themselves in darkness, we're the ones called to have faith for them. We have to take the time. Revel could just paint and not think about anyone else and just build a career for himself, but everywhere he goes, he knows there's people where light needs to come and blast into that heart of darkness. I think that's the core of the message today is, man, who around you, man, when we go out to eat, when we just walk through the city, I love what the Bible says about Paul in the city. He was so moved. He was so moved with the, the state of the city. And I want us to be moved, man, with compassion when we look around and walk through our city and look around our workplaces. Man, the Alpha Course is a perfect time to reach out and invite people out. Yeah. It's urgent out there. It's urgent. Yeah. 
while we're in this atmosphere of reverence, I want to ask you if you would just quietly, without leaving, without getting, heading out the door, but I want to ask everybody if you would just to stand to your feet. I'm going to dismiss in just a moment.